with the core task training, we want every part to be as simple as possible. We've made entry as simple as possible with the four calls, evangelism as simple as possible with, with the gospel hand and testimony and discipleship, simple with participative Bible study in the sword method, the inductive Bible study using sword method and, and ways to, to make the discipleship simple with the seven commands. And if they do all this, they can, they're in a fellowship group that could become a house church. And we're making church planning as simple as possible when we use the house church, but really it's not practical, practical reasons that would be the motivation for house church. It's biblical reasons. And so we see in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the great commission to go and make disciples. It's for everybody. And also church planning is for everyone. And we'll see in the scriptures when we, when we see the, the church, the picture of the church, we see in the new Testament, the church that meets in Priscilla and Aquila's house, the church that meets in Nympha's house. This, this is the biblical pattern is the house church. I know one young man named Kumar and he started so many churches and he wasn't a pastor. He worked in the, the canteen of a hospital where the, the food service part of the hospital serving the meals to the patients. And he became a believer in what is called the canteen revival of that hospital. And he was a single man working in that canteen and he started a church in his village and he's led so many people to Christ and started new house churches. And so starting church, not just entry evangelism and discipleship, but starting churches are for Kumar is for Kumar and it's for everybody. You can start a church from a, from a worship group, a Bible study when a family becomes believers. Romans 16, five, greet the church that is in their house. And sometimes people have an inferiority complex about a house church and, and they feel bad. But in Romans 16, five, Priscilla and Aquila are the ones that risk their lives for the gospel. They're not unknown to us in, in this new Testament first century church. They were heroes of the first century church. They were the partners of the apostle Paul. And why did they have a house church? Because it's the will of God. It wasn't because it was substandard or it's just that they couldn't get uh, some land and a, a building. It's because that was part of the new Testament plan was their house church. So we need to not look at house church as something like, a second class citizen of a church, but we need to see that it's the New Testament pattern. And when there's a lot of people coming to faith in Christ and a lot of new disciples, then especially house churches could, could be formed at the same rate as the people are coming to Christ. There's already a building there. There's already land there, and there's already a home for that church as a house church. So we're really looking at house church, not just because it's practical, but because 
it's found in the New Testament. And so once churches start and they begin to multiply, house church is a way to, to be consistent with that multiplication. If you, if you were to buy land and build a building and get a theologically trained pastor, it takes a long time. But if you start the church in the house with the lay people and they become self-feeders on the word of, of God uh, using the sword method, able to, able to participative, uh, do a participative study of the word of God with their worship, especially where good discipleship chains are in place and that leaders being uh, discipled properly, um, then, then there's theological accountability and the, there's growth in the word of God and they're not waiting for somebody to come to the outside with the seven commands. They've been, they've been practicing. They've, they've been thoroughly trained in Lord's supper, baptism, giving worship, all of these things that, that would be part of their house church. So we can see that, that house church is practical, but we're not just just going with the practical. We're going with the biblical. Colossians chapter 4, 15. Give my greetings to the brothers in Laodicea and to Nympha and the church that meets in her house. So if we look at the, the Romans passage and Aquila and Priscilla, we could say it's the heroes of the faith that have house church. And, and, and it's not like below us to have a house church. And we see in Colossians 4.15, if Nympha had a, a church in her house, that it could be for everybody. She wasn't like a hero of the faith that was a, a traveling with the Apostle Paul or straightening out people like Apollos. Uh, Nympha was uh, her... Uh, her name would, would, would be something like a temple prostitute. She would have been from a very uh, low part of society, yet there was a church. She came to the Lord and a church could meet in her home. And so uh, we've seen it when we had our own house church and it was, it was just a model uh, to show others that house church is possible we weren't thinking it was going to reproduce, but, but the, the gardener below, when I say below, I, he lived in the, in the garage area below the house. He came to the Lord and he started a house church. And there were many single men that were coming to that house church and they were starting house churches with their family. And so he might've thought, he wasn't trained. He was coming from outside of Christianity. He wasn't a church starter, but because of the simple practical side of house church, many house churches were started. A movement of house churches were started because the simple uh, people that aren't theologically trained can start a church. And so when we're thinking of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea, we're never going to, especially in big cities, we'll never be able to buy land and build a building and 
in London and New York City and Hong Kong and even in villages that house church is practical. But again, it's not because of practical alone. It's because of the New Testament authority that we're promoting house church. And what else do we find in the New Testament? You find the gospel spreading like wildfire. You find churches starting all over from, from Jerusalem to Illyricum. You find that in the province of Asia in the New Testament. And we're finding house churches. And the churches were starting and spreading. And when we get back to the New Testament pattern, we're finding house church. When we started a house church with no land or building, we met in a home. And we wanted our house church to be led by somebody without a seminary degree, even though several people in that church were holding seminary degrees. And so this is just modeling that the leader of a house church is leading a, a couple of uh, maybe two or three or four families. And it's a small work and they need to be properly discipled but they don't have to have been to a Bible college or a seminary to lead a house church. It's not like the same kind of theological degree that would, if, if thousands of people were attending in a cathedral, definitely that would need to be uh, a master's or PhD trained theological and, and somebody very educated, but a house church can match the education of the people. It's practical. And church started with Aquila and Priscilla, a church started with Nympha. And again, another time we're looking at Aquila and Priscilla, and they started a house church in Corinth. They had they were from Rome and, and were doing work there. And so in 1 Corinthians, it says, 1 Corinthians 16, 19, the churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla greet you warmly in the in the lord and so does the church that meets in their house so here again we find this body of believers that met in the homes of believers and why is it that house churches multiply and one reason is they stay in their communities and so i mentioned the person that met in the canteen and he started churches back in his village and he was from an unreached people group. And what community of people did he start with? His own community. And the watchman uh, who was, was below the, the our house church, who did he start with? His own community, but also he had friends of different communities and they started with their families who were in their, we've talked about the Oikos list, in their Oikos, in their friends and family. And so once we have a believer, we, we see that the gospel's moving along the lines of oikos, along the lines of friends and family. Cornelius, the Roman centurion, became a believer. And who else came to faith? His friends and family of the same community of the Romans. So this is, this is the pattern that the gospel moves in, in communities. It moves amongst the oikos. That goes with sharing the gospel, and it will be true with house churches. And so when it moves in the friends and family, it moves quickly. 
And so when Lydia became a believer in the Philippines, the, the Lydia, the Philippian jailer, the gospel moved in their family each time their family was baptized when they came to the Lord. So we see in also in the house church, people exercise their spiritual gifts. And this is really important. If they came to the Lord and they're attending a large church, they may sit for months, even a few years before they're giving a really uh, big responsibility in a house church. They're leading, they're leading right away. And the new Testament says that, that the leaders should not be new believers. But if we look at acts chapter 14 and verse 20 through 23, where Paul and Barnabas appointed elders in every church, those were, those were coming out of the work. The whole journey was less than 18 months. Maybe they were believers for 11 months. And so even though he said not new believers, uh, they were still in our perspective, very new, uh, in, in a lot of cases, they would have just still been attending a church and they're very involved exercising their spiritual gifts. So the house church creates an environment of spiritual growth where people are using their gifts and they're, they're leading the house church. They're holding the people, uh, they're setting goals and holding them accountable to, do entry evangelism, discipleship, starting other churches in their networks. Let's look at the Philemon passage in chapter two, the, the Colossae church and to Aphia, our sister and to Archippus, our fellow soldier and the church that meets in your home. So we see the church as a body of believers that meet in, in the home of a believer. And one thing is about house church, it has some qualities that make it more persecution, uh, more resistant to persecution than, than a building with a compound. Uh, those are uh, sometimes like lightning rods for persecution. When, when people take a piece of property in the area and construct a church building, that's sort of the target for persecution. And so if we're persecuted, we want it to be for the right reason. We want it to be just because we're following Jesus Christ and we refuse to bow the knee to the idol. These are the reasons for persecution, not because we've uh, bought a land and on a piece of property that really upsets the people, but only for the gospel. So homes tend to be more resistant to persecution. They're more reproducible. We want everything we do to be simple and reproducible. So the, the churches, the house church is very powerful in the ministry. That's, that's multiplying and, and that's moving rapidly. Like we see that was happening in the new Testament. And, and also what do we see in the new Testament? They use their offerings for, they weren't using their offerings for land building salary of their pastors. They were using it for service and to help others when there was times of famine. And so they're not spending their money on the land, the building and paying their pastor. Their giving is going directly to help 
their own believers and uh, for outreach to unbelievers. So there, there's it's a New Testament practice and very practical when we look at at reproducing church. So it's so it's easy for the house church to be self-sustaining, and so we're we're seeing the house church as uh, the New Testament pattern, and we're seeing the house church as as the way to keep up with a multiplying movement. So I would say that even the ordinary men and women who are involved in entry evangelism and discipleship are also involved in church planting, especially the way we've done the core task where the evangelism is happening in the context of the family, whole households come to faith. And when whole households come to faith, they're discipled as whole households. And they're, they're becoming self-feeders on the word of God, corporate feeders on the word of God. And that, um, that they're not only growing in the word and they're worshiping together, but they're able to start, they're able to lead their own church like they, like we see in the New Testament pattern in the church that met house to house in the book of Acts. So what about a church in your home and your in your movement? We need to use the house church as a as a model for reproducing movement when people are coming to faith rapidly. And so when we're seeing the power of God spread, we're teaching every believer to share the gospel, teaching them to disciple whole families and teaching them the New Testament pattern of house church, reproducible to see the glory of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea.